Hallelujah. Is he your king tonight? Amen. Is he your everything? Hallelujah. Let's just bow our heads together. Father, Lord, we just come to you. Lord, with our hearts open to you, Father. Just asking, Lord, that you would come and minister our needs and our hearts. Lord God, that you would do something wonderful among us. Lord, because if you come, it'll be worth it all. Lord, if you come, healings can take place. Deliverances can take place. Renewing can take place, Lord, when the King of Kings, Lord, is among us. Lord, therefore, we invite you, Father, and open our hearts to you. Ask you to take complete control. We commit this service to your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord with you. Amen. We're just with Brother Ben Pruitt there in Hardy, Arkansas. Brother Derek Paris was able to go with me, and we were there for the weekend. Just had a wonderful time there with Brother Ben and the saints there. And he sends back greetings to you all today. And amen. And looking forward to, well, yeah, looking forward to this weekend. Brother Andrew and Sister Sarah Beth getting married this weekend. It's hard to believe that we're here, but we're here. And so, amen. We just uh, ask the Lord to be in that this weekend. And amen. That God just bless them as they unite together. Amen. If you could, we would need some help just moving some tables and chairs down to the uh, uh, gym, if you would, for that. We'd appreciate it. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. We'll let you be seated. I'd just like to speak to you tonight on the light, the author. Amen. I'm glad he's the author. Amen. I'm glad he's the writer. I, I'm thankful he's the composer of life. Amen. Because he's a righteous God. He's a holy God. He's, he's got our best interest at heart. Amen. And, you know, I, I would hate to know that the devil had the pen and he was able to write and he was able to, to make you what he wanted you to be. But, amen, but God is truly the one in control. And therefore, we can have great confidence today to know that all things are working together for our good. You know, as the author, God is, complete, is in complete control of our lives. Therefore, he knows the beginning, he knows the first breath, and he knows the last breath. He knows how you will begin, and he knows how it's all going to end. He knows what needs to be in place in our lives to untangle the knot of sin that is in us to make us more like him. Therefore, he also has other, mem- uh, other characters along that will come alongside of us, be there for some time, and then be gone later. Because he is in control. He can put people where he wants them to be. He can put them in one chapter, and in another chapter they be taken out. But or, or he bring this one or that one, but either it be good or bad, but it's all working for our good. You know, some of these people help us in our journey. Some of these people hinder us upon our journey. But in every moment, God provides a way for us to stay on the right path. You know, God also knows what lies ahead of us. He will even allow trials to come in our life that is to make us stronger and ready to face the next chapter. 
Amen. You know, through, and through the whole story, the author, our God, is with us. As a matter of fact, he's not as an author. If you would write a book, you could make a man a certain way, have certain attributes, and you could have certain people in that book, but you, the author, could never become a part of that book. It may be your dreams, it may be what you think, or you know something that you've been dwelling on, but God actually, in this book, became a part of this book. As we read here, the author and finisher, but he also, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. So he became part of the story. He became part of the book, amen, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. So he knows he's not just a bystander or somebody that uh, can open a cover and close the cover or write, it, write a few lines and put it down. But God has actually put himself in the story. Amen. So he knows what lies ahead of us. He knows what we have to go through. Amen. He isn't just watching our story unfold, but he is guiding it. He is moving it along. Amen. And intimately a part of it. I'm thankful he's a part of my life. And nothing that happens to you ever takes God by surprise. Amen. But God allowed it as an author to be able to come to you in a certain chapter of your life, a certain line of your life that God would put things there, amen, and direct you a certain way. And one thing that makes me very happy to know that, amen, that God, the author, knows the end. He knows exactly the way that we take and we shall come out as pure gold. Amen. I'm sure if authors, characters could talk, amen, they would like to know, you know, what is going on, what is happening, why are you putting me through this, why, why am I going through this, you know, why, why is it like this, you know, but amen, as, as we know the author. Therefore, we can talk to him, actually, and, and express ourselves to him, and, and he lets us know and understand. You know, even the author of a book, he knows what the villains are planning, and he knows how to, how to work around it. He knows how to, how to build a character up to be able to, uh, you know, uh, to be able to handle a certain situation that would arise. Amen. This author is working everything out to the good of the character that he has placed in that story. And therefore, God knows also what the devil is planning. He knows exactly all of his tricks. He knows exactly all of his trials and stumbles that he tries to put in your way. Therefore, God will get you prepared for it in the previous chapter. God will bring you to a point in your life to build you up, to lift you up. Amen. That when the devil comes along with his trial or the devil comes along with his trap, you'll be able to go through it or around it or even over it. Amen. This is the kind of God that we serve. Amen. You know, these characters, you know, maybe, maybe you find yourself asking, yes, these characters would no doubt love to ask in a book, why am I this? Why do you make me this way? Why do I look like this? Why is this? You know, but unlike the author's characters, I I know the author of my life, and he's already written my entire story. Amen. He sees how my life will intersect with the lives of others and, and how meetings will change us both. And each thread of my story, God is weaving it together for the ultimate ending. Amen. Every one of us is an important part in the story of life. The story would be incomplete if one of us is absent. So when the dark times come, know this, God knows how it's all going to work out in the end. 
Hallelujah. He has a plan, and we are every one of us part of it. It doesn't matter whether you feel like you're the main character, you're this character, that character. We're all characters in the story of God. And every one of us is important as God writes our life. And, and when he puts the end on the story, it'll be a masterpiece that'll leave us all in all and give him all the glory. Amen. What an author that we have. What a God. Amen. This author put you in this book not to destroy you, not to tear you down, not to leave you forsaken, but he put you here to bring you to an expected end. Amen. This author has already got the end in his mind. Therefore, he knows he's already wrote it. He's already wrote about the lake of fire. He's already wrote about the devil and his destruction. He's already wrote about your ascension and your change and your glory. He's already wrote about all all those things, and he's bringing it about at his expected end. Amen. Psalms 2 and verse 7 would say, I would declare a decree the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, and this day I have begotten thee, or I have authored thee, or I have created thee. Amen. And you are my son. Ain't you glad that he put you in that story, not as a thief or a robber somewhere or, or somebody that was bound for hell and destruction, but in this story, God put you here as a son. Now the devil's all going to try to come and destroy that and bring you down and put marks on you. But God put you in the beginning as a son and at the end when it says the end, you'll still be a son. And it doesn't matter what happens all in between. God will have the author. He is the author. Therefore, he puts every comma. He puts every explanation point. He puts every period. He puts everything in your life. There is nothing that the devil has any kind of control over you. Amen. He can put things. He can try. He can try to destroy. But God has the right to write your life how he wants to write your life. What a God we serve. Amen. Brother Brandon would talk about light. He said no life would, could come outside of light. And we know that. Amen. We, if you turn the sun off today, light would cease, or life would cease to exist. Life, light produces life. There can, there can be no life outside of, outside of light, natural or spiritual. It must be the only light that can come by the word of God. God's word is the light when it's manifested. Nothing can live natural or spiritual without his light. And his word is light and life. Amen. When he sends his light, it makes it known to the people and then it's rejected. Then what about that? He said, that's what we want to talk about this morning is rejecting this light by them saying, rejecting it. Behold, that's my servant in whom I've delighted in. He's the light. He's the light of the world. And that light brings life. Amen. So we know the author, the light, amen, it brings life to the body. Amen. And then it controls it, how it grows, how it comes, and how it is. Amen. And everything is working according to how the composer has put it on the script. Amen. We may think sometimes we're just going to go our own way. Amen. But no, you're going to go the way the composer has wrote your life. You think, well, I'm going to do a certain thing. I'm going to be a certain way, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have a certain this or that, and certain job, certain this. Amen. You can only do as the composer has placed it in your life. Amen. You know, it ain't about the. You know, there's the characters don't get mad at the composer. They just act out what the composer has given them to act out. Amen. And no matter how simple or how little it may seem to you, every part of this book of life is important. 
But we see, you know, in the symphonies of, of life, and, and we see that we are actually in a great composing, a, a symphony of life. And, and there's different things that are sounding out. Brother Brandon would talk about it in the Peter and the Wolf, the Russian symphony. He said, these, he said they, they have these little figures, and he's trying to explain it right quick to children. He said they have these little figures flying around, playing out, playing it on the drums, and, and the drums knock a certain beat, then they change and knock another certain beat and make the drums and sounds and things. It plays it out it acts that way so you can understand your little children he said but now to you adults the scriptures are God's symphony hallelujah only the composer knows what it really means and he reveals it to those who are listening he reveals it to those that are listening who are interested in knowing what the drama is Hallelujah. And are interested in knowing what the drama is, but you have to know about a symphony first. It's not just something to change in this, that, and the other. It seems like a bunch of racket and a bunch of beat. But if you wouldn't understand it, you wouldn't know what it was. It just sounded like just a bunch of fuss and a bunch of nothing. But to those who know what it is, they're watching for it. They know what's coming. Amen. And so we have these times of symphonies, of the symphony of God's word. That whole drama changes. You who are interested in listening for the change, you know it's getting close. You hear the way the drums are beating. Amen. You want something to happen. You know this is a change. It's going to break out and it's going to burst in a few minutes. You're watching, watching for it. You can tell it because the way the drums are timing. Amen. He said, if you can hear the drums of the finish right now, hallelujah, if you can hear the echo of the music of the heavenly word singing itself out, and it shall come to pass in the last days, I shall pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Amen. What is it? It is the drums of the symphony being poured out. It is the author writing the story. Man can try to change the story and they can try to make it a bunch of intellectual ideas and this, that, and the other, but they ain't the author. The author said, I'm gonna pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I'm gonna, amen, my son shall prophesy and my daughter shall speak in tongue. Amen, I'm gonna do this. This is the word of the Lord. This is the author speaking. You know, just going through the Bible reading, we're listening this morning to, the, uh, to Joseph as he would come to his brothers and he would, you know, he was a man that was put in a script and his brothers didn't like the part he was given. But it wasn't up to their brothers, it was up to God. Amen, he was given a certain part and, and it happened to be a favored part. And it had to be seemed like the father's favor was all over him. And he always got the best clothes. And he got the coat of many colors. And, and he loves him more than and then he loves us. And all of this. Amen. They were angry at Joseph not knowing. They were really angry at the composer. At the one who was writing the script. And, and Joseph would go to bed and he would come back and he'd say, look, I had a dream. And in this dream, there were, you, we all were gathering weed. And we got our sheaves together. And every one of your sheaves bowed over to my sheep. Well, what do you mean? You're gonna, you're, we're going to bow down to you? Who do you think you are? He was only telling them what the composer was trying to let them know. 
Amen. And so he finds himself in the bottom of a pit. Now, in Joseph's mind, this may not have been, I'm sure it wasn't the way he thought his, his story was ever going to end up. Or be, he never thought the favored son would ever be down in the pit. Out of the favored son to be back on the, on the back of a camel with his hands tied, heading off to Egypt, sold into slavery. That wasn't his thought of a good story. But the composer was there writing the story. And he was putting Joseph in a pit. He was putting Joseph on a camel. He was putting Joseph in Potiphar's house. And it seemed like he was just a slave. But the, the composer was writing his life. And it changed him to where he was not just a slave, but he was head of Potiphar's house. And man, this is getting, the story's getting better. And all of a sudden, there's a villain that comes along, Potiphar's wife, and starts accusing him of things. And next thing you know, the composer has wrote him right down into jail. And it seems like, my goodness, what is going on with my life? And all of a sudden, the composer wrote two more people in jail. And he puts them down there. Amen. The, the wine, uh, the, the man that gave the wine to the king and the man that baked the bread. And he said, and then they, they have dreams and, and they want to know what it's all about. And Joseph's like, well, this is what it means. And he tells them all, you're going to live and you're going to die. So that one guy's like, man, I want a, I want a different, <laughs> different dream. <laughs> but it wasn't in his, Joseph's hands and it wasn't in his hands. It was in the composer's hands. And he said, well, I tell you what, you that's going to live, when you get to Pharaoh, you remember me. He forgot. Why did he forget? Because the composer made him forget. Amen, do you realize every part of our lives, amen, the light is directing you? Whether you're in a pit or whether you're sold down into slavery or whether it seems like all hell is against you, the author still has the pen. The author still has the ability to write you right out of that situation. Hallelujah. And one day this author is gonna write us right into a body change. Right into the change of dimensions. <laughs> and Pharaoh has a dream. And Pharaoh has this dream of seven good cows and seven skinny cows. And the seven skinny cows eats up the seven good cows. And, 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 it, and it goes on. And, 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 and he's like, somebody tell me what this means. And, you know, all of a sudden, the composer and the man finally remembered what Joseph had asked him to do in the jailhouse. <laughs> oh, there was a guy down in that jail. You know why I'm here? Because there was a guy to dream, and he told me exactly, and it came to pass exactly like he said. He said, go get me that man. And it brings Joseph until he writes his life all the way to second in command. Amen. Amen. All the way to second in command, right under Pharaoh. The composer put him there. Why? Because there were some children that was over there in the land. And the composer had wrote a verse in their life how they was going to be in a strange land for 400 years. But with a strong and mighty hand, I'm going to bring them back out again. Hallelujah. And so he had a Joseph to go get a land ready for them. Hallelujah. I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may be also. 
because he knew God, I will have a people that'll be in a desert out in Laodicea and they're gonna need a place to go and I'm gonna write it down here in my word and I'm gonna fulfill it. Therefore, I'm gonna prepare for them before they ever get there. He's a composer. He knows how to write your life. Amen. The symphony of God's great John Brahman is playing. It changes his symphony at the junction. The composer and those that are interested and listening for the change, listening for the change, not griping at the change, listening at the change. You know, it's very easy right now to gripe about who's in charge. Hey, I'll tell you what, that Biden, the sorry sap sucker, dumb as a box of rocks. That's true. And they got this woman and vice president and this, that, and the other. And, and, and look at Russia. What they're doing. The composers put them all there. The author has put them in power. He said, tear, he lifts kingdoms, kingdoms up and he tears kingdoms down. Amen. Amen. Just, I, it just struck me so deeply as I was lit, looking at that again about those three wise men. Brother Branham said the reason why they were looking for that light, he said because hundreds of years before that, Daniel had been exiled down there. And he had begun to tell them about things that were to come. He began to explain, amen, there's a Messiah coming. There's a deliverer coming. And God's going to bring great deliverance back to Israel again. And he left scrolls down there. And he left promises down there. And he said there were men there to believe those things. The composer was writing these things. We see way back yonder. Not long ago when that church age was being drawn out and he was writing. He, you know, people get disillusioned by, the, by the, 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 the Israel of how they went through the Holocaust. And it looks, and it's very terrible. Been there, been through some of the same streets they walked on in the death camps. It's not a fun place really to go. But I, I've, I've seen all that stuff and and it's very easy to get, why, why would God allow this? Why would God allow men and women to be marched off of trains and separated families, separated women and children this way, men go this way, unable bodies go this way, well bodies go this way, and some go right straight to the, de- the, the gas chambers to a very quick death while others would die month by month, by day by day. Why would God allow that? Because there was a composer that was writing a story. And there had to be something that would drive them, put a drive in them to make them want to go back to a homeland. They had it all there in Germany. They had it. They had the wealth. They had a, they wasn't they wasn't trying there to go find a play a piece of dirt, not especially out there in Israel. Nothing but a desert. They didn't want none of that. They was comfortable where they was at. So God, the composer, said, Okay, I'm gonna bring the world system to this point, and you're gonna be put in this place so something will begin to fall on the inside of you to say, I want a homeland. I want a place for my children to grow up and not have to worry about going, growing up and going to a death camp. I want my children to better grow up and not have to worry about being put in a gas chamber. I want a safety for my children. I want peace for my children. I want a land for my children. 
And Brother Brown picked it up and he said, that was nothing but the tender hand of Jehovah. Writing their story so they would get on eagles' wings and go to their homeland. Hallelujah. And he said, that ain't going to be that kind of force. It's not going to put us in our homeland. No, sir. Amen. But he's writing our lives. He's bringing it to a certain point. Hey man, I don't know about you, but you get some, some moments of your life, it seems, oh wow, everything's wonderful. But them things start dipping down a little bit. You're like, I'm so sick of this place. I don't want no more of this place. I want to get out of here. What is it? It is a composer getting you ready for a homeland. Hallelujah. It's a homeland where your children won't ever die. It's a homeland where they won't ever be put in torture chambers and gas chambers and the life be sucked out of them. But God, rich in mercy, has went to prepare us a place and he's brought us to a place. He's bringing us to a body change. (laughs) We've seen the composer in our day, the word wrote, in the last days, in the days of the seventh angel, in the church age, the seventh angel message would be the last message. And we saw the composer write it in Revelations 10. In the days of the message of the seventh angel, the mystery of God should be finished. The seventh seal would be pulled back. It should be there. Then all at once, it's happening. A vision breaks. Go to Tucson. A great noise will take place. It'll shake the earth nearly. All of you know, amen, it's been there months before it happened. Then it happened and appeared in the sky. Shalom. It's changing beats. The symphony is moving another notch. Hallelujah. And one time he said about the third pull, how it come by this way and by knowing the heart and then the spoken word. Jesus said, greater things than this will go. Will you do for I go to my father? The works that I do shall you do also, but greater than this for I go to my father. Just as I said a while ago when Mary tried to identify him as Joseph's son, he corrected her. His word cannot fail. He said, so heavens and earth will fail, but my words will not. Oh, hallelujah. That gives us great confidence in this author. If he's writing the words, they're not going to fail. If he said to him that overcometh in the seventh church age, amen, there's got, that means there's going to be, that's a, the composer that's put there for a reason to give you faith that somebody is going to overcome this age. It's beating. The composer begins to beat. The works that I do shall you do also. And greater shall you do. Greater? He promised it will be. You notice when he performed his first miracle, he took water and turned it to wine. He took water, which potentially someday might be wine, but it was water. Then when he fed 5,000, what did he do? He took something that had been like water, and he took fish that once swam and was born from an egg, and he broke it. Another fish growed into creation that was of the original creation. He took bread that was once wheat, was once seed, and become bread. And he broke bread, and he bypassed all of the baking and all the growing, and he multiplied it just as it was already. But in this day, he took something that was nothing, that was nothing, and said, let there be squirrels, and there was. Amen. Greater than these things shall you do for I go unto my Father. Not take something that's been created, break something from it, but show, amen, as he said, let there be light. 
The world don't understand that. It says it's a bunch of nonsense. Because they're not, you know, Methodists don't understand it, Baptists, Catholics, Pentecostals. But those that wait on the Lord, Amen. those that are looking, looking for his star. Not one man that we have in the history of any observatory knowing that the star has passed over, but the wise man followed it for hundreds of miles for two years. They watched it and followed it. It is those who are listening to the symphony. There's other beats that are taking place right now. It's called a world beat. And they're, they're beating, they're, there's a drum being beat right now of destruction. You hear it every day. Nuclear power talked about more than it's ever been talked about. Threatened more than it's ever been threatened. Amen. What are they doing? They're beating the drum. Amen. There's a beat that's going on. You see men and women that are filing right into this beat and they're getting sucked into Laodicean spirits and Sodom and Gomorrah spirits and every kind and they're identifying as a cat and a dog and this, that, and the other. Come on, somebody. They are walking to the beat of the world to Satan's Eden, but there's also another rhythm that's going on. Amen, there's a rhythm that the bride is listening to. Amen, there was preview, one was walking the rock, marching the rock and roll, and one was marching the homeward Christian soldiers. One was dressed holy in righteousness, and one was dressed in barely anything that would cover her. Amen, what was it? It was the church world and the bride of Jesus Christ. They each one had a rhythm, but one rhythm was going to hell, and the other rhythm was going to heaven. You say, well, I tell you right now, we don't need that rock and roll church music in our church. Well, what is rock and roll music? Go listen to the world. Church world I'm talking about. Go listen to the simple church right over here in Shreveport, Louisiana. Listen to their music. You know what their music is? New Year's Revolution. They play in the Beatles music. You know what their music is? The gospel according to Michael Jackson. This preview of this woman hardly had any resemblance at all to something holy or righteous or godly. I know we're so quick to point rock and roll out to different ones in the secular world. Now that's rock and roll. You, you need to look a little deeper. Them people actually are still worshiping God to their best of their abilities and the best of their knowledge and wanting to do something for the Lord. Sure, they may have their music beat up and they may do a few things we wouldn't do or many things we wouldn't do. Amen, or we wouldn't play. I don't, but let me tell you something. Amen, you tell me who inspired, the composer inspired somebody to write, these are the days of Elijah. Amen. Who inspired that? It was the composer because only the composer knew what was on the book. Hallelujah. It was the composer that wrote, amen. How great is our God. Come sing with me. How great is our God. It was the composer. Gifts and callings are without repentance. But go look what the church world is doing now. They're going back to Michael Jackson. They're going back to the Beatles. They're going back to Elvis Presley. And they, it's unbelievable. 
Rock and roll. Remember, the composer knows the end from the beginning. He knows all about it. That's the reason he can write it. So you must begin with him. You must begin. You want to hear a symphony? You must begin with him. Like in the music at the symphony. You know what it says is going to be in the symphony? You might begin to listen to the music. You know, here's a certain certain thing takes place. And then it's going to change. And then it's going to be. Somebody just walked in would think it was just a bunch of noise and rattling going on. But those who know what the beat is. Those who know what the beat is and the sound of the trumpet and the drum and the whole thing together in rhythm, it makes the drama till you can close your eyes and live in it. He said man can close his mortal eyes to earthly sight and live in the presence of Jesus Christ. When you see his word begin beating out in the great symphony that we're now living in, changing, you must begin in the symphony. You must begin in the rhythm. You must get in the rhythm of what's going on. He said you had to become a part of the dance, amen, to get out of the dance. You had to become part of the ball game, something that you become interested to get in the ball game. You have to become part of the word to know God's symphony. To know it's all working together for your good. His symphony is when it's playing. You're marching with the beat of the time. You're watching for it. The works that I do shall you do also. And greater than this shall you do. It's changing of time. We get into the beat, the beat of the word. <laughs> Amen, the beat of the word. Find his purpose. Find the hour they're living in. we're living in and get into the rhythm of it. Get into the rhythm of his word. Amen, find out what he said. Find out what he said about dress and get into the rhythm of it. Find out what he said about church attendance and get into the rhythm of it. Find out what he said in his word and get into the rhythm of his word. It was a rhythm taking place in Jesus' day and the beat would change. And he would say, unless you drink my blood and eat my body, you have no part with me. It was a, there was a beat that changed. And there was some that didn't want to go along with that beat. And they walked away. So this was a hard saying. A lot of of make-believers walking away. They didn't know the symphony. But there was one, amen, as he looked at those others that was around him and said, will you also go? And they looked and said, where else are we going to go? Only you have the words. Only you have the words to my life. Only you have the rhythm. Only you have the sympathy. Sympathy. Only you are able to put the periods and the commas and put it. Only you. Where else could we go? Come on, little bride. Where else could we go? Amen. Where else could we go to find the word beating exactly in order? Amen, we ain't got to tear part of the Bible out and say it's not inspired. We believe it's all inspired. Because the author wrote it. And if the author wrote this book and he was inspired, he's inspired on all of it. I know some think, you know, in the world think, well, he wasn't inspired when they wrote, you know, wrote, put in there Mark 16. They shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. But I remember that little story of that woman who had heard about that, you know, had a sickness. 
And she heard that there was some that would, would pray for her, and her son went off to some theological seminary, and he, he was studied on all these things, and, and he had heard his mom was sick, so he comes home, and he finds her just sitting there singing and having a good time. He's like, Mom, I thought you were sick. She said, oh, I was. He said, well, what happened? He said, well, there was a little church down there on the corner that they said that they believed in Mark 16, and they would come lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And they come in here, and they laid hands on me, and I got well, praise the Lord. He said, oh, Mom, in seminary, we learned that that wasn't inspired. That woman went to shout, went to glorifying God. He said, Mama, you done lost your mind? She said, well, I just got to thinking, if God could heal me on some uninspired, what could he do with some inspired? Come on, somebody. This word is inspired. When he said, I'm the Lord God that heals all thy diseases, it's inspired. Amen. When he said, by his stripes, I'm healed, it's inspired. It says they shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Don't get mad at me. I'm just marching in tune with the symphony. He's the author. Man is not the author. Man tries to come along and change the script, but he ain't the one. No, no. They say, well, this is a hard saying. We can't understand it. Who can understand it? We know you're just a man. We eat with you. We sleep with you. We, we went in the woods with you. We're by the waters. We're merely a man. This is a hard saying. They didn't know the beat. They didn't know the rhythm that he was God's manifested. He was God manifested in the flesh. For he was the vindicated word, light of the hour, and they didn't get it, said it was a hard thing. We notice again, there was Judas, the unbeliever, that always was waiting around till he found enough fault. And he turned to the disciples and just to the 12, and Judas was one of them and said, you want to go too? And Peter said, where would we go, Lord? You're the composer. You know how it's going on. You're the only one that has the word of life. Where could we turn to? We couldn't go back to being a Pharisee. I don't want to be no Sadducee or Rodian, whatever it might be. You're the one who has eternal life. We have no other place to go. We've joined ourselves to this great symphony. We're listening. We're in rhythm. We believe that you are the Son of God, the manifested Jehovah. We're sure of this. We don't know what these great trials and troubles and afflictions and things you're saying we're going, going to be offered up and all this other stuff. And on the third day, you're going to, uh, we don't know how it's going to be. We're just marching along with the symphony because we know you got it in control. God has got it. God's able, more than able in any situation. Amen. Amen. He said, you know, in a symphony, they have a sheet in their hand. He said, they're trying to look back to the beaten all portion that's already been played out. He said, that's for what other churches do today. They're always looking back on the sheet music. He said, but we should be here playing our part right now. He said, that's what Lutherans try to do. They try to look back at what, amen, what Luther did or what Wesley did, the, the Wesleyans, and they want to look back, and Pentecost want to look back. Oh, we had it back then, but what about now? The beat's changing. The composer changed the script. I know man wants to come in and play and say, well, the, you know, we still got the tapes and we still got this. I didn't take him off the scene. The composer did. 
But the script has changed. The beat has changed. And they're missing it. Amen. They missed the beat. <laughs> Amen. Many people ask, why? why? Why must these things happen? Why does this happen to me? Why did that, when I start and this, I, I've had this trouble here. This upset me here and I've lost this. Why? He said, I used to ask why as a young minister first started out. Why did God take my wife right out from under me? Why did he take my baby right out from beneath, right beneath my heart? Why did he do it? I don't know. I didn't know. But I do now. I've just held my hand in his and I keep trusting him because he is a composer. He knows every junction. He knows every turn. He knows every flip of the page. He knows every chapter. He knows every line. He knows where to get you and mold you on the backside of a desert. He knows where to get you in a trial. Amen, that certain things can be manifested in your life. He is the composer. He's the author. God knows when the rhythm of it has got to change. He knows how the rhythm goes. He knows exactly how it would be. Well, I just, it, I, it's just, I just didn't see it coming. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Hear the beat? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers them out of them all. Hallelujah. God has moved through history with rhythm and he's moved one end of it into something and him right out of it. He moved, he moved David right down into a Goliath's den, right down into a valley to fight Goliath, but he moved him right out of it. Hallelujah. He moved Daniel right down into a lion's den, but he moved him right out of it. He moved three huge children down into a fiery fire. Amen, but he moved them right out of it. Oh, hallelujah. He moved the children of God down through the dark ages to where they would give their life, and he moved them right out of it. Hallelujah. Don't you think for a moment he's moved you into this place to leave you here and to walk away from the script, but he's going to finish the story. He's going to finish every lie. He's going to finish every promise. Every one of them will be fulfilled. He is the author. The author can change the script. If he wants to change something, he can do it. He can change the rhythm of our lives. <laughs> Praise God for that. Every one of us coming to this world born in sins. Our heartbeat had a different rhythm. It was beating according to the world. And it was heading down a world's road, dancing to a world's tune. Headed for destruction. Headed for death. Headed for hell. But the author came down. <laughs> he said, Aaron Oglesby was once born in sin and shaped in iniquity, but Aaron Oglesby was my son from the beginning. Satan, take your hands off of that death. Satan, take your hands off of Aaron Oglesby. Come on, put your name in the script. Every one of us was heading down a wrong path. Every one of us was headed to hell. Every one of us was going down. And we was, but all of a sudden, the author with his great pen reached down and said, Satan, 
Take your hands off of them. Satan, that's mine. Satan, that's mine. That's my son. That's my daughter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the author comes down and he writes in this service on a Wednesday night. She's going to dance over depression. She's going to dance over sugar diabetes. She's going to dance over several spirit. Hallelujah. In this service, the bride is going to see who she is. That she's an invincible army. That she's not some bow down. Slave to the devil. She never belonged to the devil, but the devil belongs. Let the author write under her feet. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Satan comes on a Wednesday night and he's gloating and he's happy and he's having a fire. And all of a sudden, the author puts a little spot in there. And the next thing you know, by the end of that service, he's laying under somebody's foot. He's like, what happened? The author changed it. The author changed it. Amen. This one came in sad, but it's walking out joyful. This one came in bowed down, but it's walking up with his head lifted high. And it's going on its way to heaven. Hallelujah. Oh, my this one walked in suffering. But I want you to look past the suffering and look to the glory. He's here to change the rhythm of your life. He's here to put himself in your story. Satan tried to destroy you over and over and over. But the author said, no, 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 no. No, you're not taking. No, you're not destroying. No, there might be your blood flat. No, 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 no. Hallelujah. We were all born in sin. We were all shaped in iniquity. But today, we are, I mean, they're the author. We are the pure, virtuous, sinless bride of the son of the living God. Every man or woman that's born of the Spirit of God and washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and believes every word of God stands as though you never sinned in the first place. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, what a mighty God we serve. If I was supposed to die in the morning and a man come took my place, I cannot die for that sin. Somebody took it. So the author was looking at our story. And he says, somebody's got to die. Somebody's got to come and take the penalty of sin. Let me put my name in there. <laughs> he shall bruise his heel. And then he shall bruise his head. Let me put, my, put, put me in there. Unto you is born this dead child. Child. The author knows how to write it. Because if he would have come down with a 10,000 angel salute 
and the red carpet and come into Caiaphas and said, I'm here. Well, every devil in hell would have known who, they were, who he was. But the author pulled the wool over the villain's eyes and he just slipped it right in there. I'm going to be born in a stable, an old manure pile, and I'm going to take on human flesh and I'm going to become him so he can become me. And my first words are going to be, why? Why? And the villain's looking at <laughs> Just, I could be anybody else. I, that, that can't be him. There's no way in the world. It's impossible that this God. Angels, come on. Come on around here. Let's talk. We was there. We we. There's no way that that could be that. It is if the author's writing it. And he writes it right down in there. And he steps out. And one day it was Jehovah running down a road, falling down and skinning his knees. It was Jehovah crying like a baby in a manger. It was Jehovah it was sitting on the side of a rock with a headache. It was Jehovah that dealt with every kind of peer pressure. It was Jehovah that dealt with those that walked away and left him to where he died on the cross alone. Jesus, the word, took my place. He became me that a sinner like I might become him. Oh, let me hold to it, true to it, not the church, to the word. That spiritual union of Christ and his church, when the flesh is becoming word and the word is becoming flesh, manifested, vindicated, just what the Bible said would happen in this day. It's happening day by day. We're near the coming of Jesus to be united with his church where the word becomes the word. Call of the Holy Spirit, searching the heart. You're standing completely. You never sinned in the first place. God don't even know you've done it. It's in the sea of forgetfulness. You never did it. Wow. This author's got the ability to go back and rewrite every bit of your life and take it all away to where you never did it in the first place. You were accused of it by the accuser, but really from the beginning you were predestinated to be a son or daughter of God, and you're standing there washed, and your old book of divorcement is put away, it's dead, absolutely out of existence, even in the mind of God. You're the virtuous bride of Christ, washed in the blood of Christ, precious, virtuous, sinless son of God, standing with a pure, unadulterated bride word that he is washed by the water of his own blood, that became flesh and manifest that he might take you which was predestinated in the bosom of his father before the beginning the same that he was he was that great attribute of God called love whatever you are you are servants of God whatever God wants you to do where your place is God placed in the church some apostles prophets teachers pastors uh oh did I hear the author say that yep the author put that in his word he placed that by virtue of his own predestination and you were that to begin with. Your first wedding is annulled. You never done it in the first place. There's only one thing could do that. That would be God come down himself and he took your place. He put his 
self in your story. So the light could alter your life and he could drive all the darkness out. Every one of us was full of darkness. We were born full of darkness. Oh no, Brother Timothy, I was born an angel. You're kidding yourself. Your mama might have named you angel, but an angel you wasn't. He called you whatever. I don't care what he called you, Tom, Bob, anything else. You wasn't born an angel. We were born in sins, shaped in iniquity, coming to this world speaking lies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Matt was a lie. Maybe part truth, some lie. Every one of us had darkness, but the light had a different story. And the light began to dawn over. And it began to push back the darkness. Push it out. Push it out. Push it out. That's where light could fill every fiber. What a God we serve. The author. Oh, dear and dying, dear dying lamb. Thy precious blood shall never lose its power. To all the ransomed church of God be saved to sin no more. What sin? Sin is unbelief. Unbelief in what? The word. Unbelief in God, unbelief in God which is the word. Pure, but now you're pure. Unadulterated, oh hallelujah. Leaving soon in the skies. Did you hear what the author just said about you? You're leaving soon in the skies. Standing ready. Think your garments washed by the water of the bleeding word. The word became blood. The word bled for you. And you're washed in the bleeding word. The life of God in the word. The word was bled for you that you might be washed from the filth of prostitution, from the filth of sin, and be cleaned and sanctified and washed of the water of the word and make your mind and heart stayed on God and his word. The composer chains the music. Let's bow our heads. The composer changed the music. How about you? What beat are you listening to? What beat? What rhythm are you in? Wonder just how many would say, Lord, I, I want my heart to be put in beat with this word. Let it beat with the word of the hour. Let me hear your voice. Lord, let, let, let me never be too far from the beat. But I can't hear you, hear you speak, hear you touch, hear you meet a minister, Lord, to my heart. Father, Lord, forgive us where our hearts have got off tune, out of tune, and out of beat. Lord, it's so easy to get caught up in things of the world and situations of life and things around us, Lord, and heart starts beating a little different, has issues. They sing, you know, Lord, bitterness comes in. And God, we get a little hurt that comes and makes our heart beat a little different. They sing, you know, it pulls us out of the house of God and 
to dark places, oh God, let me come back in rhythm with the word of God. Rhythm with all things are possible. Rhythm of forgiveness, rhythm of, Lord, every bitter spirit be done away with. Father, we love you. May you just minister each hand that was lifted. God, we need you more than ever. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Sing that you will be my song. You will be my song. You see your song tonight. Let's just stand together and sing.
These are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of the seventh angel righteousness. And though these are days of
tables and about 80 chairs in the gym. Are those in the trailer, Brother Darrell? We're taking those out of the trailer. All right, so some of the brothers can go out back and help with that. And then I think we've got to do a little bit of rearranging here on the platform as well for Saturday. It's going to be a wonderful day. We're going to see a transformation. Somebody just going from a daughter to a wife, just a son to a bridegroom. So we want to be here to witness that. It's going to be a wonderful day. Amen. God bless you. Just sing that again as we go. I've been changed. I've been reborn. God bless you. All my life has been 